Season four of Formative is brought to you by the generous support of Macy's Inc., whose purpose is to create a brighter future with bold representation for underrepresented youth so we can realize the full potential of every one of us. Welcome to Formative, the show where today's leaders are interviewed by the leaders of tomorrow. Teresa Younger, CEO of the Miss Foundation for Women, joins us on today's show. She's going to share some of her advocacy work as well as her love of family and travel. I'm so pleased to have her here. Hello and welcome. I'm Rachel Gazdick, CEO of New York Edge, and my co-host today is Nyla from MS452K. So Nyla, who are you going to be interviewing today? I'll be interviewing Teresa C. Younger. Hi, Miss Teresa. Hi, how are you? Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. Good afternoon. I'm 11 years old and I attend Frederick Douglass Academy A, also known as 452. My favorite colors are pastel pink, purple, and baby blue. My favorite hobbies include cooking and shopping. I also enjoy collecting Bath and Body Works perfume. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> During school, I am a class representative on my school's student government association. Wonderful. You know, when I was growing up, I was very much involved in student government also. Can I ask what role did you do? Sure. When I was in high school and middle school, I was a representative, like a senator. You know mm -hmm. how we have different levels. So I represented my class both in middle school and in high school. And I really enjoyed, you know, bringing people's voice to the table. Okay. What do you like about being in student government? I'm allowed to like gather my friends and my classmates thoughts during school and give them to my principal. So maybe she can make my school better, like yeah. add more activities. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important to have a voice and to help people get their voice to the table so that we can make things better over time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. When I was running for student government, we had a governor and a mm -hmm. lieutenant governor in my middle school. Oh, wow. I said, oh, I'll run for lieutenant governor. And my seventh grade teacher said, well, why aren't you running for governor? And I said, because girls don't do that. And that's what we were sort of told, that we always were secretary or lieutenant governor. And she said, no, that's not true. So ever since, I've run for president. <laughs> Perfect. In my school, we have a bunch of roles. The president was actually a girl and the vice president, too. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. So I was doing my research, and I saw that you was in Miss Foundation for Women. Yeah. So can I ask, when did you become the CEO of Miss Foundation for Women? Yeah, I was about eight and a half years ago. Mm -hmm. I had been working in state government work in the state of Connecticut and had previously been running an, a state organization. And then this job came up to run the Ms. Foundation for Women. And I thought, what a great opportunity for me to run a national organization, work with people in different communities, work with really other amazing women and girls, and work okay. on issues that are really important to people today. 
Okay, that's great. And I wanted to know if you went through any problems to get to the position you are now. Wow, that's a very loaded question there, Nyla. (laughs) (laughs) I work for an organization called the Ms. Foundation for Women. And the Mm -hmm. purpose of that organization is to help fund women-led organizations all over the country. And why is it the question's really challenging to answer? Because I've been in this position for about eight and a half years, Mm -hmm. but I've been in a lot of different leadership positions for about 30 plus years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I know our listeners can't actually see me, but I am older than (laughs) I look. (laughs) So yeah, I would say there are always challenges when you're trying to make a difference in the world. And, you know, I grew up and was a Girl Scout growing up all my lifetime. I actually wanted to join like Girl Scouts, but I never knew what it was like. You know, for me, when I was a little kid, I moved around a lot. My father was in the Air Force, and so we traveled all over the place in different countries and in different states. And for me, it was like having my Girl Scouts be my instant friend group, you know? Mm -hmm. And when I was a Girl Scout, I also learned a lot about how to give back to community. Okay. Yeah, that's actually where I learned a little bit about student government, um, because it helped me speak up and do things. So, yeah. That's actually really great. Uh, Since you are the CEO, is it overwhelming or do you feel stressed out by that like role or position sometimes? Oh yeah, for sure. So what the CEO does and is responsible for is running Mm -hmm. the whole organization. And so, you know, it's my responsibility to make sure my staff, which there are 25 people who work at the Ms. Foundation, is to make sure that they are doing their work and that they're following through on our vision to lift up the voices Mm -hmm. of women and girls in the United States and to fund their work, to um, push and challenge things to make them better. And then I'd work with a whole board of directors. So I would say, you know, there are some really tough days, especially days when politics or I hear something really sad has happened that Mm -hmm. I get really sad on the inside. When I hear people are not being treated fairly, our work is to make the world fair for people, more equitable and equal. And so, yeah, so there are definitely real challenges that come with that. The news sometimes gets overwhelming, right? We hear stories all the time. And I want to stay on top of what's happening in the world. So I listen to the news, but sometimes it makes me a little sad and Sometimes the motivator makes me work mm-hmm. harder. And some of those days are the days when you're not quite sure and you just got to keep pushing through. Okay. Do you have a personal motto that like inspires you when you're going through tough times? You know, I love quotes. In fact, I have a whole mm-hmm. book of like when I hear people say things that are really wonderful, I write them down in my mm-hmm. quote book. And so okay. there's a quote that was by Wilma Mankiller, who was the mm-hmm. first woman chief of the Cherokee tribe. And she had a quote that said, when times are tough, I remember to be the buffalo. Cows will turn away from the storm, but buffalo keep pushing through the storm. And I try to be the buffalo. I have, in fact, on my refrigerator, Uh I have a little sign that says, be the buffalo, which is on those days that are really hard or when I'm really tired, 
or I'm really overwhelmed to mm-hmm. just keep pushing through to the other side because then the storm will be over. That actually sounds like a good quote to like get people to like be positive when they're going through something. Being positive is really important, you know, because everybody has a story and everything's Mm -hmm. a little tough, you know, depending on the day, right? Yeah. So for me, it's really about how can I be as positive as possible? And remember, the other thing that I like to keep in mind is that I'm not doing this by myself. Do you mind me asking if you feel supported by your family during this journey? Oh, that's a great question. Do you have siblings? Yes, I have one. One. You have one. Okay. Yes. I have five. That's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, that's a lot. I have five siblings and my parents, and most of my siblings and my parents live in North Dakota. And it's a long ways from New York. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I have an aunt and my grandmother lived in Connecticut. So they used to come to everything that I did. Literally... If they knew I was going to be on a call with you today, they'd say, can we listen in? (laughs) I'm very lucky that my family has been supportive, kind of like cheerleaders. You know, they really kind of go, go, do it, you know. So Mm -hmm. I think that's really important if you can to be supportive of your siblings, even if you don't understand what their Mm -hmm. goal is or what they're trying to do. It's really important to try and support what they're trying to do. Okay. It's nice that your family is supporting you during your journey yeah are you a big sister or a little sister i am a big sister oh see me too me too what you know when you're a big sister you have some responsibilities right Mm -hmm. to kind of lead the way for your siblings right yeah yeah so i've tried to lead the way for my siblings too (laughs) (laughs) okay um when you was younger did you like fight with your siblings so i have three brothers and two sisters And of course we fought. That's what siblings do. (laughs) We didn't fight like, like, like fight with our fists Mm -hmm. or anything. But we would, you know, we would argue, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes they were in your space too much or you would have to do their chores or they would, you know, not do what you were told. You know, your mom tells you to tell them to do something and then they don't do it. So those were sometimes the case. And now... As an adult, we don't fight, but we were really close in age. So, you know, there were six of us and I have three adopted siblings. So there were six of us in six years. So we were all really close together in age. And so we were each other's best friends and we fought with each other, just like siblings sometimes do. My sister, in her mind, like everything we do, she likes to race about it. And then... Every time, she does not like to lose. Yeah, yeah. She does not like to lose at all. Yeah. So, but sometimes I do let her lose so she knows what it's like to lose. (laughs) So. But that's a good lesson. I like that you're teaching some some good quality lessons, you know, and you're also modeling for her what she needs to do, right? You know, Mm -hmm. that's always the case. My siblings and I were, were very competitive. And so we all played sports and we all played music and we all did all those things. And so we were really competitive about what we were trying to do, too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Since your organization is about women, I want to know what do you think is the greatest challenge facing women 
like this year? Yeah, that's such a good question. You know, people ask me that question a lot. I can't surmise all women and girls in one state. So I will mm -hmm. say that, right? I would use the word women are not monolithic and monolithic means they are not all the same, right? Okay. So everybody has their own story. So mm -hmm. I would say there's a lot of different challenges that women and girls are facing that okay. they need to approach. Sometimes it's, you know, around what job they're going to take and getting paid fairly. So equal pay okay. for equal work. Yeah. And sometimes it's around health care and whether they have access to all the health care they need to have. And particularly for women and girls of color, it's also about the long-term impressions of our health care, right? So, okay. you know, when do we decide if and when we want to have a family? How about our, you know, our heart disease or mm -hmm. obesity and being healthy? Um, so all of those things are important. I would say right now, the most important thing for women and girls is the challenge that our voices need to be heard often mm -hmm. and always. So okay. we need to tell our stories, just basically what we're doing today mm -hmm. is for us to see other people in front of us, right? And yeah. be able to help support them and be able to help support ourselves in the process. So okay. there's a lot of challenges because I'm talking with women and girls all across the country, right? Yeah. And all of them will, you know, in general, will say close to the same things, which is sometimes life isn't fair and it makes it much harder for us. And okay. so, you know, how do we work on making things more fair? And for me, it's about making sure people know the story. Okay. We are doing like a show based on women's rights and stuff. Uh -huh. yep. And also Black History Month. Yeah. No, that's great. I think, you know, those two things are so tied together, right? Mm -hmm. Real history. What are people's real history? Not just the yes. history we're told, but how much are we teaching ourselves? Mm -hmm. And that people have multiple ways of learning, you know, voting rights is amongst one of the top things, right? It yeah. was it was the voting rights law that was passed during the civil rights movement that ensured that black and brown people had the right to vote and could go to the polls and could run for political office and they could win. Right. And that's yes. really important that government reflects all of us. And mm -hmm. so that when we look at who's in Washington, D.C., who's in Albany, New York, who's at the city council meetings here in New York City, that the people up there look like the people they're representing. And that's really important. I love that you all are coming up with ways to share with your fellow students yes. information about history. Is there anybody particular that you're studying or you're interested in? Um, she was the first Black woman to like run for like president. Shirley Chisholm? Yes. Yes, yeah. She's got a brilliant story, right? She yeah. said she she once said, if you don't have a seat at the table, bring your own chair. And I think that's just so brilliant, you yeah. know, right? Yes, that's if you actually, get in that's really smart. Yeah. Don't just stand there. Go get a chair, right? Mm -hmm. Move things around. And so yeah, it's so brilliant that Shirley Chisholm, who was a black woman and a voice when women's voices mm -hmm. were not heard and black women's voices were not heard. And the importance of lifting up her story and what that means is really mm -hmm. important. And it gave a vision. This was before you know, President Obama was the president and a yeah. long time before that, right? And yes. so her voice is, is what's so critical in those kinds of opportunities. Okay. Yeah. 
May I ask if you feel that your childhood self will be proud of you right now? Wow. I hope my childhood self is proud of me right now. All I really want to do is make the world a better place. I know that sounds kind of cheesy to say (laughs) that, but I would say that myself when I was younger thought I would be a lawyer. Oh. And so I think they might be a little disappointed that I didn't become a lawyer, but I think they'd be really proud of the fact that I'm helping to make people's lives better and Mm -hmm. supporting other women and girls who are trying to do work like what you're doing today, which is kind of tell stories. Yes. Yeah. I actually like how your childhood self wanted to be a lawyer. Yeah. Well, do you mind if I ask you a question? Of course. Okay. What do you want to be when you grow up? I either want to be a teacher Uh or a dentist. Ooh. Okay. That's a lot of schooling. You know, what I love about those kinds of professions is that it's about helping people, right? And my aunt was a teacher. And for many years before I came to the Miss Foundation, I worked with young people who were about your age, in fact. They were, yeah, they started when they were 10 and they would stay in the program that I was in until they were in high school. And yeah, and a lot of the students you know, became teachers. It was so surprising to me and principals even, right? Because sometimes teachers become principals and learned how to, you know, work with young people and make sure your voices were heard too. So those are really noble kinds of things. Did you have a teacher that makes you want to be just like them? There's actually like two. Uh-huh. I have my math teacher, Miss Sims. Uh-huh. And then... I have my dean who used to be my writing teacher, and oh. that's Ms. Gallo. Oh, wow. Okay. Why do you like your math teacher? Do you like the subject? Do you like what she does? Yeah. I like the subject, and I also like the teacher because she shows and she demonstrates the work so me and my classmates can understand how to do it. Yep. Yeah. I had a teacher when I was in second grade. I remember this teacher as if she was standing next to me today. Her name was Mrs. Blackmore, and I remember her, I think I was really short. I don't remember, (laughs) but I think I was really short because she felt like she was six feet tall to me. Now, she might have not been, but when I was in second grade, who knew, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember her saying to me when I was young, I was on the playground. I think I wasn't being very nice to somebody on the playground. (laughs) And I remember her saying to me, I expect more from you, and so does the rest of the world. And I thought it was such a, like, her wanting to, Mm -hmm. like, you know, wanting to do well, you know, and wanting to make sure she would be proud of me one day was really important to me. Okay. Do you have a college or university you want to go to? There's one of them, and it's Princeton, and then there's another one. I do not remember the name. Okay. But it looked really cool. Oh, cool. And nice. Yes. Yeah. I was the first person in my family to go to college. My parents had started, but they had not finished their college. So okay. I was the first to go. I went to what's called a state school. So I went to the University of North Dakota because that's where I was growing up and that's where my family lived and that's where I went to school. Okay. Yeah. 
My mom is actually just now starting college. Really? That's so yes. great. Yes. That she's doing that. Um, I was like confused because I never knew you could start college so late. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. Know. No. I never knew. Yeah. No, you can go to college anytime. In fact, I always say you should always continue with your learning, right? So mm -hmm. sometimes you'll go to college for that and sometimes you'll go to seminars and you'll, you know, do that. But it's always great if you can go to college. It's really great. And you can start whenever you want. You know, my dad was like your mom. When I graduated from college, he started to go oh. to college. <laughs> and he was much older, you know. But I mm -hmm. was really proud of him for, you know, wanting to continue his education. Okay. And, and help him to continue to learn, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's great. And when you don't like go to work, what do you do during your free time? Yeah. So there's a couple of things I like to do during my free time. I actually really enjoy hiking. And so I mm -hmm. like to be outside a lot if I can yes. be. Um, and I live pretty close to Prospect Park. So I get to go to the park a lot in Brooklyn. And so I like to do that. I also really like to be with my friends. And mm -hmm. uh, I love 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 to play games so we play a lot of games my favorite game these days that i've been almost addicted to i play it anytime anybody will play is called rummy cube and it's mm -hmm. these tiles and you have to match them up and stuff okay. it's really a lot of fun and i really enjoy being able to be with my friends and play rummy cube or go mm -hmm. hiking and then i also you know, with my job, I travel to a lot of places. I've traveled to all states, like all the, oh, wow. to to Alaska and to Hawaii and to some of the U.S. territories. So I've been to Puerto Rico and I've been to Guam. So I've traveled a that's, lot. That and lot. so I, yeah, it's a lot of places. Yeah. So I also really like, I have a road atlas. I don't know mm -hmm. if anybody even uses those anymore, but it's a book that's got all the maps of all the states. Mm -hmm. And so when I go to a state and I visit it, I try to find the road that I took to get to and from places and I highlight it in my road atlas. So oh. and then I try to go to the state parks, whatever the park is in that community mm -hmm. or in that area. I try to go there and get in a hike or go to the water or something like that. OK, yes, you seem like a person that likes to go run around and enjoy outside. Yeah, I want to always be grateful that we can be outside, right? You mm -hmm. know, I really think it's important that we are the environment that we're in, you know, whether that's volunteering and picking up trash or or whether that's, you know, making sure that I sort through the garbage so I know what's going to the recycle and what's <laughs> not. But I think it's also really a blessing to be able to be outside and to mm -hmm. breathe the fresh air when I can and to plant things if I can. Okay. Yeah. I actually like going outside as well, but since I'm still young, I'm not allowed to like travel alone. Events. So we like to travel as a group, like as our whole family going places. Yeah. Especially when we travel to a new state, we would just drive around and try to figure out the area. Yeah. You know, when I was growing up, we were a big family, right? So yeah. we had a van and we would okay. all go on trips together and you know for family vacation and things, we would go camping or we would go for a drive and, you know, okay. and do just that. We'd look around and we would play car games when we were in the car together. <laughs> 
I'm actually scared to go camping because I don't I never know what's happening and <laughs> I'm really scared of bugs. I don't I do not like them at all. You do know that you are bigger than the bug itself. Yes, I know that. I'm just, <laughs> I just do not like them. And they feel like weird if they was to crawl on me. Yes. And I have a fear a fear and a feeling that if I was to go camping and I will sleep in a tent, one of those bugs will crawl in and come and lay down with me. And then I'll wake up just to a bug on my arm or something. <laughs> I would challenge you to go out and go camping at some point when you're comfortable you can wear long sleeves so they don't actually touch your skin but just so that you can be outside because you're in their environment like you know i always say i don't want bugs in my house right Mm -hmm. because in my house i'm i don't really like that but when i'm outside i'm in their space but you know they really don't want much to do with you quite honestly they can be outside (laughs) what is one goal that you have yet to accomplish and would like to accomplish during the future? Ooh, gosh, one goal. Just one? I have so many goals. (laughs) Um, One of the things I like to do is I like to go hiking and I like to be outside. And so one of the goals I would like to accomplish is to hike Mount Kilimanjaro, which is in Africa. Oh, I actually don't know that place, but it sounds like a tall... It's mountain. Yeah, it's a very tall mountain. I want to continue to challenge myself to do things that are hard. Mm-hmm. And okay. it's going to be really hard to hike up that yeah. mountain. That's like one of the highest mountains in the world. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. That <laughs> actually seems hard to <laughs> do it. Yeah, but you should do things that are hard. I mean, yes. the way I look at it is if it's easy, then you're not becoming a better person on the other side. Mm-hmm. So when you do hard things, when you speak up or when you push yourself to do something different, you actually come out stronger on the other side. And yes. you may have failed. I might not make it to the top of the mountain, but I will have tried to make it to the top of the mountain. Yes. And you just have to try sometimes, right? Yeah. My father actually says that when you fail, is just like a motivation to keep going and try again. Yes. Yeah. He's a smart person. I have a very best friend and she says, if you're going to fail, fail fabulous. I think that's a great thing to say. Like, don't be afraid of failure because Mm -hmm. it helps you become stronger. And so if you're going to do it, go all in, you know, like really, really try to push yourself. And so fail fabulously and get up on the other side. Several people say it's not Mm -hmm. how you fall down. It's how you get back up. That's wow. (laughs) And I try to remember that because I think that's really important. It sounds like that's what your father's saying, too. Yeah, in a way. Yeah. Nyla and Teresa, we're sort of coming to the end here. (laughs) I have to tell you, Nyla, my father was a dentist. It's tough, though, when you, if you have your own children, he used to wake us up on a Saturday at eight to go get our teeth cleaned, which was not fun. (laughs) We yikes. (laughs) Nobody likes that. (laughs) So, Teresa, during our show, we always ask the same question of all our guests. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give your 12-year-old self? Mm, I love that question so much. The advice I would give my 12-year-old self would really be so simple. Don't forget to laugh and have fun. Because sometimes as an older child, you know, I've took things really seriously. 
And I think, you know, one of the things I would remind myself is to laugh and have some fun and not take everything so seriously. And then I'll be okay. I think my younger self would have liked to know that her older self would be okay. That's a great question. Thank you so much. It was nice to chat with you. Thank you. It was nice to chat with you too. <laughs> Nyla, you were amazing. Thank you. You are great. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening to Formative, a production of New York Edge. I'm your host, Rachel Gastic. My co-host today was Nyla from MS452K in Brooklyn. She was assisted by Felicia. Season four of Formative is brought to you by the generous support of Macy's Inc. Our production partner for this series is Citizen Race Car. This episode was produced by Tasha A.F. Lemley. Post-production by Alex Brower. Original music by Garrett Tiedemann. Production management by Gabriella Montekin. Thanks to the whole team here at New York Edge for making this series possible. Never miss an episode of Formative by subscribing to the series at newyorkedge.org slash formative or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to play Rummy Cube for hours in my basement. I love Rummy Cube. <laughs> <laughs>